So I've had a few responses. Uh, so let me just update you. Eleanor, not been able to see my grandkids and give them a hug. That is really hard, isn't it? It's hard for all of us. The walkers also agree it's hard not being able to live family that don't live with you and friends. Uh, those cancelled plans with friends and family and holidays that you can't do. And Katrina hasn't been able to properly start her new job. Joel, well, he misses going places and when it rains. He's a bit sad. Ollie, well, he missed his birthday party and he misses seeing his friends and Luke can't see his friends. Rebecca, Rebecca Shannon, well, she's come to the end of her three-year course and she can't say properly and share that ending with her classmates. She's got to say goodbye by switching off her computer. How disappointing. The Bennett boys, they can't see their friends and playing rugby is what they miss. Janice, she's missing Cherish, the opportunity to get away to conference at the end of the month and Victor and Janice's 25th wedding anniversary. Well done, Victor and Janice. Joseph, he's disappointed because he's getting bored. Clearly his parents are not up to the mark. Um, and Jessica is disappointed because she's not seeing her friends. And I've had something else ping in. Theo, disappointed about not getting to nursery. And Cara feels the same about school. Good quality teachers there, Cara. Excellent. So it is good to remember, isn't it, that life is full of ups and downs. And that sometimes plans don't go the way that we want. Some of those ups and downs are funny but some of them most definitely are not. Let me tell you a story which has its own highs and lows in it. It is the story of a young man. Well, he was the youngest of eight brothers and they lived on a farm. His particular job was to look after the sheep. Not a popular job. See, you're pretty isolated out there in the hills. It's just you and the sheep. One day, a famous prophet arrived at the farmstead and he asked to see all the sons. The prophet said he'd been sent by God to choose one of the young men. Well, none of the older sons were satisfactory, so finally they sent for the youngest son. And then he was the one the prophet chose. Over the next while, life gradually changed for this young man. Well, you see, he was regularly asked to play the harp to soothe the king. He single-handedly defeated a mighty warrior, an enemy of the kingdom. All those months in the hills, well, they were becoming useful. Over time, this young man, his name is David, found himself well established in the king's household. He was a successful military man, best friend to the king's son, and finally, he married the king's daughter. Life was going really well. But unfortunately, David's king, Saul, was beginning to realise David was going to supplant him. And he was becoming increasingly jealous. You see, David was much, much more successful than he was. And over time, his jealousy turned to hate. And David had only one option. He had to escape, for his life was in danger. For the next 10 years, David is on the run. The young man, who'd been anointed by the prophet of God, chosen to be the next king of Israel, is now reduced to hiding. And at least two occasions, his only refuge was in a cave. During, or as he reflected in his experience, he writes a song. Aaron Jack is going to read the song for us. It's called a Psalm, and it's Psalm 142. And after that, Catherine will lead us in prayer. Thank you, Aaron and Catherine. 
You know, all of us have been disappointed in life, haven't we? Perhaps by people we have loved, cared for, served. Perhaps by the destruction of our dreams. Maybe by sudden negative change in our circumstances. And that's especially tough if it's no fault of our own. Maybe by our own actions or inactions. At the minute, during this pandemic, we probably all feel like David, stuck in a cave, restricted by fear, and there is a risk of life surrounding us, if not so much for ourselves, than for the lives of people we love. The future is uncertain, and the dreams, plans, hopes we have? <laughs> well, what do they all mean now? How did the promises of God work in this situation? What about all the missed opportunities? What about those things we can never get back? In most translations of the Bible, a technical term is used to describe this psalm or song. It's called a maskal. Most commentators describe this as a form of teaching. Some knowledge which David has gained from his experiences that he wants to share with others. You see, David's life was one full of challenges and wrestling with disappointment is a common theme in his songs. Listen again to the words he uses to describe how he feels. In verse 3 he says, When I am overwhelmed. Verse 6, Hear my cry, for I am very low. Verse 7, Bring me out of prison. Is that how you feel today? Overwhelmed by your circumstances. Are they heavy, weighing you down, pulling you low? Do you feel there's no hope for escape? Are you trapped financially? Are you imprisoned by isolation? Are you bound by your restrictions, confined by your family? It's also disappointing. None of this is how we imagined. What is wonderful about David's words in this psalm is his honesty. It reminds me that we are not the first to feel this way. You see, a great deal of social media would tell us that people are having a lovely time with their family, that they are learning new skills, enjoying Zoom quizzes. They're transforming their gardens, filling their days with creativity. Well, we may see or hear this, and then we become disappointed. We become disappointed with ourselves. We become disappointed with our friends or our families. We become disappointed by our gardens, our homes, our resources. It's hard to remember that although there is truth in what has been posted, this may not be the whole story. For some, yes, let's be honest, the restriction may actually be bringing them a much needed change of pace or direction. But there may also be others who, despite their good moments, are grappling with grief. They may be grappling with loss, as a result of the pandemic. And they may also have had days where they weep from frustration and they battle disappointments, both with themselves and with others. What David realised is that there is no shame in finding our situation too much to bear, in finding ourselves disappointed that expectation and reality do not match up. There's no shame in finding that at times our personal resources are insufficient. This week, during school, I had a conversation with my son. Well, he was having some difficulty with the task. 
I offered to help. Nope, I want to do it myself. I am rubbish at this and I want to work it out. Okay. So I waited and I held my tongue. He kept trying and his frustration kept growing. And I offered again and again, but still met with refusals. Then boom, an explosion of frustration. When all was calm again, I asked once more, shall I help? And this time, acceptance. I said to my son, do you know, there is no shame in needing help or in finding it hard to learn something. That is a part of learning. Everyone has to ask for help at some point. I do, your dad does, your teacher. But I don't want to. Well, I know, but it still isn't something to be ashamed of. Trying hard is good, and so is asking for help. Everyone has to ask for help at some point. Not everyone, came the response. Mm, yes, they do, everyone, no matter who they are. God doesn't. So true, I said. But you know, God is one of the sources of help which we can turn to. Now, let's have a look at our problem, I said to him. David knew this truth. It tells us in verses 1 and 2, I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints and tell him all my troubles. Sometimes we approach God thinking we need to be positive. You know, if we have faith, we should be able to rise above it all. David's approach is to cry audibly out to God. He poured out his trouble. He told God how he really feels. David told God what is actually happening in all its messy, disappointing, unhappy detail. David does this because he is confident that God is listening, that God cares, that God wants us to be honest before him. After all, God already knows what is happening. We're going to take some time to reflect. It may be helpful to speak out to God the things in your life right now which are disappointing. If it's not appropriate for you to speak out just now, it might be helpful to write it down. Write a letter to God. Pour out your troubles. Pour out your heart to him. Let us take this time to come before God with all our needs.
this was a fairy tale, there would only be one conclusion for this talk. And that David cried out to God, and immediately afterwards his situation was transformed. However, David remained in this cave for several months, and in fact his situation became even more difficult. Gradually, a group of 400 discontented outcast men join him, and he becomes their leader. Just to add another layer of responsibility in an already challenging situation. So why does this psalm give us hope? David writes in verse 3, When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. God knows the steps which brought David to that cave. God knows the decisions of others and the decisions David had made, both good and bad. God knows the unfairness of Saul's hatred of David. And he knows the burden of caring for a group of men in the wilderness. God also knows the way ahead. David recognises that no one can help him but God. Verse 4 and 5 say, I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Then I pray to you, O Lord, and I say, you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. When our friends and family disappoint us and we feel alone, God still sees and hears us. When we are disappointed by our own actions or failure to act, God still loves and he forgives us. When our dreams are like dust blown in the wind, God says there is still a hope and a future. Finances are stretched and we are frightened. God says, I will provide all you need. When we have nowhere to turn, God says, I am with you always. When we cannot see a way out of our situation, God offers us his wisdom and his peace. When our spirit is so low and we do not have the energy to drag ourselves up, God says, have some of my strength. When our home is a pressure cooker of tension, God offers us patience, love and protection. What God doesn't promise, and the Bible shows us this clearly many times, God doesn't promise that he will always remove our challenges or lift us out of situations. And what God won't do is force you to accept his help. In the same way as my son needed to accept my offer of help, we need to accept God's offer of help. If I had tried to force my son, he would not have listened. He would not have explained his problem properly. See, this is the God David trusted in. One that he came to willingly because he felt God was his refuge. God was his place of safety. Do you want to know God is your refuge? Do you want to be able to call to God like David did in the midst of your deepest disappointment and to know that someone is listening? Well, you can, for God is waiting for you. God is the one who can supply all our needs. 
God is the one who loved us so much he sent his son to die for us. God tells us he's able to do more than we ask or even imagine if we're willing to acknowledge that we haven't got sufficient resources and turn to him. We do not need to be ashamed of our need for him. You see, David's 10 years of struggle, but despite his flaws and despite his missteps, he did become the king of Israel. David was described as a man after God's own heart. He knew how to depend on God for all he did and in all circumstances. And this was his source of strength, of courage and of hope. It is my prayer that we would all learn to depend on God in this way. If you would like to explore this further, well, please contact us. Those of you who already belong to the church, contact any of the elders. Or those of you who don't, contact us via the website or email us to get in touch. You know, we're all on a journey together. We're all seeking to know more of God in our lives. So let's partner with one another on that journey. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your strength, for your love and for your peace. We thank you for all the gifts you give us. Oh, Father, we thank you that you are waiting in the midst of our disappointments to meet our needs. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be willing to acknowledge our need of you, that we would be willing to receive all you offer. And Lord, for those of us who are really struggling just now, I don't know what they face or how you can meet their needs, but I know that you do. But I pray they would know your peace, that they would be filled with your strength in the days ahead. And I pray that they too will be able to say, you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. Amen. Victor and Janice are going to lead us in worship and then Justin will close our service for us. May God be with you in this week.